Hi and welcome. I'm Martin Pedioni and this is Finding the Road. last episode, we wrapped up our discussion of the abortion dilemma. If you have not listened to those episodes, I recommend taking the time to listen. For any new listeners who might have stumbled across this humble podcast, let me tell you what you're in for. Here, we break the cardinal rule of polite conversation that you learn from your parents. Don't talk about religion and politics. Well, here we tackle both from a decidedly Catholic perspective. So come with me as we continue this journey, Finding the Road. So let's talk. Jesus said, The kingdom of God is like leaven that a woman took and mixed into three measures of flour until all of it was leavened. Matthew 13:33. So, what was he trying to tell us? Have you ever made bread or seen bread made? You take flour, salt, sugar, you mix them together, and then you add something to make the bread rise. Usually yeast, which you mix with water to activate the rising action in the yeast. As you add this mixture into the flour, you create a dough, and the yeast mixes in and through the entire thing. Jesus says, the kingdom of God is like yeast. Take a moment and think about that. So how does that yeast, the kingdom of God, get into the dough, the world? We need to remember another time Jesus spoke to us about the kingdom of God. He said, the kingdom of God is within you. If the kingdom of God is within you and me, and the kingdom of God is like yeast, then the yeast is in us. We are the way the yeast gets into the dough. We are the way the kingdom of God comes into the world. What an awesome responsibility. Jesus has called us to build up the kingdom of God. But how do we do that? And what shape does that kingdom take? Pope Pius XI, in his encyclical Quas Primus, in 1925, tackled the subject of the kingdom of God. I will give you the short version of what he said. He said that the world would never know peace until we submitted to the yoke of Jesus, the Prince of Peace, and the King of Kings. He advocated for all earthly rulers to accept Christ as their true king, and by accepting Christ, the world would reorder itself and true peace would be achieved. Now this seems a simple thought, but it is actually a quite complex one. The Pope wasn't under the delusion that the world would suddenly magically transform itself into a utopia just because the kingdoms of the world recognized Christ's preeminent kingship. 
He goes on to tell us that true peace would only come when each of us accepts Jesus' kingship over our minds, hearts, and lives. When we do this, the kingdom of God shall spread from each of us into the world and transform it. We have discussed the Catholic interpretation of what the kingdom of God means and how we should respond to the call to take on the yoke of Jesus. Now, we need to travel over to the dark side of the force and see what others believe the kingdom of God is. When I was planning this episode, a lot of things were running through my mind on how I would approach this topic. I thought about approaching it from a historical perspective, detailing documents that supported and justified the wall of separation between church and state. Then I thought about detailing quotes from Republican members of Congress who had advocated and identified with the Christian nationalist agenda. But I realized that doing these things would simply be restating the obvious. Every American citizen has grown up with the principle of separation of church and state. And even if you do not actually see the threat that Christian nationalism presents, you must admit there is something concerning about the trend towards advocating the government give preference to a single religion. E pluribus unum, out of many, one. As a country, we were founded from many different peoples and religions, and that is what makes us unique in the whole of history. We are a people brought together by an idea, not by sameness of race, national origin, or even religion. Here, all are welcome, and it does not matter the religion or the lack of religion or the race you are. Things are changing, though. And the campaigning of those who prefer Christianity over other religions and intolerance towards those who are not Christian is on the rise. In April 2017, a small book written by a Canadian author, Margaret Atwood, in 1985 called The Handmaid's Tale was reimagined for television. In the book and in the series, the story was told from the perspective of a woman who was identified as Offred. Not her true name, but the designation she was given because she was assigned to a commander of the ruling class named Fred. Her name of Fred. In this dystopian future, the United States government has been overthrown and a theocracy called Gilead has taken its place. In Gilead, women have no rights or agency. Fertile women are subjected to ritualized rape and forced to give birth to the children of the ruling class. In Gilead, other religions are forbidden. Believers are rounded up or forced to convert to the official state religion, a bastardized, mutated version of Old Testament-based Christianity. In The Handmaid's Tale, we have a startling, nightmarish depiction of what happens when church and state are united. And you may say, that will never happen here. 
but the signs are there. The change in the direction of our Supreme Court and its rulings that seem to favor the weakening of the First Amendment, the fanaticism of certain members of Congress who look to force their Christian beliefs on the American people regardless of their consent, the endless number of far-right voices clamoring for a white Christian state which excludes members of other religions. These are just some of the signs that worry me and should worry you. I am a Catholic, and I believe in my right to practice my religion and advocate for my religion as my First Amendment right. But I strongly condemn any person or philosophy that would say that my religion should be imposed on everyone else, and that any other religion should be condemned. We are a country of differences, different races, religions, immigrants, descendants of immigrants, and slaves. We are the inheritors of the greatest and longest existing democracy in the history of the modern world, and it should frighten every American to see the trend that is occurring in our country right now. I want to thank you for staying with me while we discuss this important topic, and I hope that I have given you something to think about, whether you agree or disagree with my conclusions. Again, Thank you for listening to me, and if you have liked what you heard, please take the time to subscribe to my podcast on whatever platform you are listening. This will ensure that you are notified when new episodes drop. Well, till next time, may you continue your journey in finding the road.